You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. Excited to have you here for another episode on what is actually international, global, world. Maybe, you know, it's even like the, you know, it's the, it's, it's everything anywhere NFT day, uh, which is international NFT day. So hashtag NFT day on the, on the Twitters, of course, is working, uh, you know, very well at the moment. Um, and, you know, it's kind of cool that, you know, that, you know, with all these like Hallmark holidays, you know, there are event days. And I remember the first time I heard of Social Media Day, uh, which is uh, June 29th each year for those that are curious. Uh, and I and I shout out to Jeremiah Oyang, uh, who actually helped me kind of get the ADHD coin uh, who I'm involved with now. He is actually one of the ones that is credited for kind of the original founders of Social Media Day, which has turned into events around the world. And so today is NFT Day. And so we're going to we're gonna give. Uh, we're gonna honor NFT Day uh, as as you would expect here on the podcast as we're recording live. Uh, before we do so, I want to get into our sponsor. Give a shout out to Crypto Business Conference. Crypto Business Conference is happening October 9th to the eleventh in beautiful San Diego. Uh, excited to be there. Have the team there. We'll be networking. We'll be collaborating. Uh, some of the past guests of the podcast will be there. Uh, even some of those that you've heard on our, our Twitter spaces, those that you've hung out with in our, um, you know, inside of our beautiful, uh, you know, uh, Discord or maybe, uh, you know, even engaging on Twitter. Uh, they'll be there at the event as well. We'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. Uh, and before we get into the episode, I'm definitely going to give a shout out uh, for, you know, it's NFT day. So we're going to do a throwback mint. Uh, and for this throwback mint, I mean, I feel like for NFT day, we need to go all the way back. And we're going to go all the way back to mint number one. And now, for those that are like true OGs of the podcast, the original gangsters, those that were here at the beginning, I think you will know the original ENS domain. So we minted mint number one back on uh, November 11th, and it was the first one, which was the ENS domain. And for those that don't know, that was the idea was we were going to mint the ENS domain, which was going to be the name of the podcast and the name of all things, which was N. 3F6T5.eth. And yes, that was what we were talking about. And there was only one person that was there with me um, when we, we minted this or we came up with this idea. And I say we because in places that are kind of silly or things that are, I'm like, what the hell are we thinking? I make those wees. Um, you know, for the things that are great that have happened on the podcast, I like to take the credit. Um, and then for crazy things like a daily podcast and buying them every day, uh, I like to blame Drew, who many of you know, many of you have heard, but we actually have him on as uh, our guest today. Mr. Drew Cohen, who was there for N3F6T5. Uh, how's it going, my friend? Excited to have you on. Good, good. I do take blame for the ENS domain, not for coming up with it, but for letting it happen, for sure. That one definitely <laughs> slipped in the cracks, and we should have never let that go. But I will say at the time when we were sitting on that train, 
it seemed like such a good idea. And I like the whole crypto cryptic just kind of view of things. It seemed like such a good idea, but uh, looking back on, it, especially, you know, since you and I are so tuned into what we're doing in terms of content SEO, I don't know what the hell we were thinking, but, uh, but I like to think that that was like a, that was a, one of our first losses. And then things have been up since, uh, since that ENS domain name for sure. Yeah. It's funny. Cause um, so, you know, we'll, we'll, let's go back origin story since this is like NFT day, right? The, you know, Drew, Drew and I came together. We had actually never met. We we had met one person one time in person uh, back in 2018, uh, and then we had started working together um, last year. And we had yet to meet, even though we both live here in uh, Virginia. And we were looking at NFT NYC as an event for us to kind of uh, you know jump into the more of the NFT scene, maybe than when we already were. We had the Creator Coin. Um, we already had plans of an NFT project launching. Drew was already, uh, you know, co-founder of a project, which we will talk about here in a minute. And so we actually met up and we said we took the train up from Virginia to New York. And you know, we've kind of threaded that story in. But uh, Drew, you know, t- tell people a little bit. So we we literally met at the train station in Virginia, right? Like, and you know, what was your well, even, what was your memory honestly, even before that? Like, yeah, like even before that, and we didn't even know this until after the event, and probably like even months later, but. I think you and I were both kind of like on the fence if we wanted to make this trip or not because we were like we were both like we we were in NFTs but we weren't like fully in uh, we were still kind of understanding the space I mean you got into it a little bit before I did but um, and we were totally new to each other other than that one uh, the HubSpot event in 2018 but uh, yeah I just remember like the weekend before because I think we left on a Monday and took the train up and then I was I just remember being with my girlfriend being like I don't know if I want to make this trip I was like Fanzo is an awesome guy. I've been following him for a long time. We've had some great conversations, but I don't know if I want to go to this NFT conference because I literally had no idea what would what it would be like. Because I've been to conferences before, marketing and technology, but uh, this was definitely new to me. And so I was like, kind of one foot in, one foot out. But then showing up to the train station and meeting you there, and uh, it just felt like we've been friends forever. You know, like there was no, to me, there was no awkwardness. We just kind of like got into it. We had some mutual connections and of course the story from 2018. So it was, uh, it like started good. And then the train ride up and we we're like, you know, just kind of, I feel like feeling each other out and, and talking about some concepts and ideas of how we might be able to work together. And then literally after day one, I just feel like we, I don't know, we just clicked and everything was on, you know, it was aligned perfectly. And uh, the trip ended up being one of the best conferences I've, I've been to just because of the, the opportunities of us to be at kind of like the, I would say just the the beginning of this space and the beginning of it becoming uh, culturally relevant. And uh, for me, it was extra special because I told you this too, it's the first time I've ever seen Gary Vee speak in person, which, and he was, it wasn't even like a speaking engagement. It was just him premiering people, doing a quick interview before the documentary. But to me, to be 10, 15 feet away from somebody that I've been literally studying and, and you know, watching and listening to for years was uh, that was a truly special moment. And then um, obviously, you know, being able to roll up to these places with you is also a different experience. And if I went to the conference, you know, just by myself, because, you know, obviously your network is so deep, we're able to get into these experiences, have experiences that, you know, maybe the, the average uh, conference goer might not have. And so that was also special too. But yeah, just being able to, um, I guess, be a visionary with somebody else made that trip really special because, you know, you, me and you had concepts and, um, you know, I've worked with people and we've done brainstorming, we've done concepts and, you know, things aren't executed on and it kind of fizzles out. Um, 
what was most special about the trip to me was being able to be a visionary with somebody else and then start executing on it right away. And like you, like definitely a big shout out to you for executing every single day since then to put this together and to make this, you know, to make this a reality. And uh, I think that's what you and I both have in common is we, we, we kind of pride ourselves in having a vision. And uh, so I'm just grateful to be able to execute this vision with you. So yeah, man, the trip was really special to me. And uh, I know we talk about the the concept story a lot, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely exciting to me because you have this experience in futurism and, and digital futuristic, you know, tendencies to jump onto a platform when it's still in beta and, um, yeah, so I couldn't think of a better partner to uh, to kind of take this journey on with. Well, you know, and I and I love where you you know because like you know for the you know like not for anyone that's listening to this and you're like maybe questioning like you know should I attend an event or should I jump into an NFT project and like first of all not only are you not alone right like that you know we were we were there but like you know both of us kind of had like the like well you know we're going up there you know we don't really you know we're neither one of us is like really artists. Like we know, like you know, kind of like the basics. Like, what the hell are we gonna learn there? You know, I I had got the invite um, that really is the invite that spurred to hold this whole thing on from, um, you know, from a, a friend, you know, from D Rock. You know, shout out to D Rock, um, who I knew when D Rock was an unpaid intern uh, for Gary V back in 2013. One of the first times I met Gary, and uh, you know, it was funny because. You know, someone asked me a question on a different podcast a while ago, and they said something about like, you know, you were inspired by the like the people and the Gary V conversation. I was like, I was, and I was like, but it was also like the fact that you hadn't seen Gary, and and we both had connected on that point, and also just like the way Gary, you know, I mean, he grabbed me by the shoulders and was just like, like holy shit, you need to be in this space, and like thank God you're here, and then also kind of gave me like that swift kick, you know, and then like you know even AJ Vaynerchuk coming over to where you and I were were hanging out watching the the documentary and you know, it was a private showing, right? Like, I mean, there was, there was like this giant like rope on the outside and all these people were on the outside and you and I were, uh, you know, like on the inside, but I think more so than anything else, like it was also a step in as I had been an early adopter in lots of places, but I'd also been an early adopter on my own, right? Like to, to be truthfully be out there is. And so like knowing that like, Hey, you were excited to hear Gary. I of course am always excited for what Gary's about. It also kind of, we tuned us into to people and seeing kind of what he was about. But there was also something about like that, that train ride from Virginia to New York. It's not a long trade ride for those that are wondering, but like no one around us would have realized that the two of us didn't know each other. Like literally we did not pull out like anything on the train out right up. We talked the whole way up there, you know, um, we got off the train and I drew had to figure out like that. I'm just kind of a go with the flow, roll with shit as I make it happen. He's like, how are we getting to the hotel? I'm like, let's go. We got our luggage. We're walking. Right. And like, <laughs> he was like, what? And then, you know, and I remember even like bringing it up, I was like, so they're doing like this people documentary. I guess we could go down to that exclusive event. And you're like, Hey, you know, I've never seen Gary. Let's do it. And I, I just want to put this out there. Right. Like, I don't know if I would have went to that event. It was down at Hudson park. It was, uh, you know, a little bit of a walk. Um, I didn't really under, like, I, you know, sometimes I, I've gone to like meetups or events like that, where it's like, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you have to know people to know people. Right. And, and like one of those things and like, and yeah, there was a bunch of people that came up to talk to us because my, through my network, but like a lot of those moving parts were just because like the both of us were kind of on that journey. And, you know, the other part of it too, and, and Drew, I'm curious your take, right? Like this, this was November, uh, you know, November 4th, where was it? November 2nd, 3rd, 4th, or it was in that range uh, of the event. You know, you mentioned it was like kind of the jump, but, you know, for those that weren't in the space at that time, 
there was a lot of people that were territorial at that moment, right? Like there was a lot of like people that were like kind of like I wouldn't even I don't even want to label them crypto bros. They were kind of like you aren't an NFT person unless you have a board ape. I mean, look at episode like episode number one of the podcast was like me ranting on like um, us kind of like being pushed around a little bit by like quote unquote the influencers in the in the space at the time because like they wanted to see what our PFP was and and like let me check your wallet before I pull you up on Twitter Spaces right and like that like that feeling and there was also like not very much diversity of you know there was not many females there at the event that event right it was also an event that. Like the two two events prior had four hundred people in it, right? Like, like, and they were like trying to have all these people. Um, you know, we applied to speak, but it was a little bit too late. I'm curious, Drew, from like for those, you know, like from those the, that moment, right? Like from because when we think about it too, like we went to the people uh, Gary V exclusive, you know, apart, and then we kind of just like popped around, and it wasn't the same as this past New York. Like anytime I talk about New York as like NFT NYC, people assume it was like nighttime party you know snoop dog and 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 little wayne on every stage and like the truth labs doing i mean it was not like that right it was it was a definitely um a different vibe but there was something there was something like beautifully organic but also chaotic like what were your what was your take like because i think it's so important for people to like level set because it's easy like we were there at the beginning but there was literally no like kumbaya like we're all here at the beginning. Like it was more of like, well, none of us really are sure where the hell this is going, but at least we're all meeting in New York. How did you take that? Yeah, no, I think when you said territorial, that's what it felt like. It felt like everybody was like um, on edge isn't the right word, but I would say maybe hesitant uh, that, that conference. And uh, I wouldn't even, I don't even consider that first one to be a conference really. Um, Cause when I think about NFT NYC the first year, I think about just the experiences. I think about um, meetups. Um, obviously the, the people documentary was a, you know, that kicked it off to a great experience. Um, I just remember the speakers not being remarkable or memorable. And uh, you and I even, you know, like after day one or day two, just being like, I think we can skip these rounds of speakers and just try to look for, you know, art exhibits, experiences, uh, opportunities to network. I think that's where, where um, when I kind of think back, it felt really underground and it also felt like uh, underground in the sense where, you know, it's, I mean, we literally went to a, an art exhibit that was underground. And I remember after like 10 or 15 minutes, I had to like walk out. I think you were still in there, but uh, it felt like everybody he says he had to walk you know, out. Like he literally abandoned me in this, like literally like we <laughs> it were was like, like a, a downstairs room that had it was like, like a dungeon you know, downstairs room. Like, and it had like a bunch of like extremely loud music and lights on the walls and like, but it was definitely like a really interesting. And I'm like, where did Drew go? Like, and I, and like for the context, like, <laughs> Drew's a big dude and can easily, you know, be mistaken as my bodyguard, as like the the guy that I I will take him into places like that. But like I sure as hell was like I remember looking around like, wait, wait, Drew dipped out? Like, I gotta get out of here too, right? And like that was part of that scene, right? It was um and I I, I like the word like people were protective a little bit in like like, hey, we were here first, but we don't know where this is going. And if this gets any bigger, are we gonna lose like our space? And like you and I partially we're like we don't even know what our role is in there right and i think it's so important like on this like whole nft day concept like there's a lot of people that are listening to this right now that you're not confused you're like and like we didn't go there having a plan and let's also be truthful like we 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 had a great time at the event but like we really didn't even put like pen to paper you know for you know figurative on like hey let's actually create nft content 
until the train ride back. Like, so it wasn't yeah. like we, like, I mean, I, I think sometimes I, I forget to like remind people. It wasn't like we left the people documentary. We were like, here's the answer. Daily podcast. We're going to buy an NFT every day. Like it was more of us like trying to like soak it in, but also trying to figure out what our role was. Right. Which is so interesting. Definitely putting a gauge on uh, what this, you know, what we could expect from the culture in real life, but also, yeah, the only conversations we really had up to that point where, you know, maybe my team could help support you in your speaking business, which really didn't have much to do with NFTs until that conference. And I think that that's where, you know, us being able to put a gauge on how big is the space? What are people talking about? Who's here? Who, what kind of people are even here right now? And so, like, I like obviously there's definitely a lack of women representation at that first event. But um, we also quickly found out like there wasn't a lot of devs. There wasn't a lot of people in tech that were building projects. And so like at the time, that was like a that was an extremely profitable skill set to have last year well, is building let's, projects. Yeah. Let's talk about that, that the, the dinners that we had at, you know, we ended up meeting up with a really cool. And I, I mean, the word eclectic is thrown around. This was what we had the a very now it was it was all men. So we know where that that part of it, but the eclectic group of men of background of men that were, and I would, I say men loosely, like we were a bunch of boys sitting around drinking some beer, but we had a very North popular House. tattoo artist, right? We had a really, you know, um, knowledgeable dev at the table. We had a ridiculously successful, uh, crypto investor at the table. We had a couple others at the table. We had yourself and I, and like, I remember, you know, I remember telling that table that I said, you know, one of the things that I can bring to this space is highlighting and amplifying women's role in this space, right? Because like I knew that was like already, you know, uh, a big thing within my in my arena. Then the other flip side of it was like what you were saying, like we were looking at some of those people's skill set. And I remember like we were sitting there talking to a couple of the, the one dev that was, we ended up hanging out with a bunch. And I was like, like, what do people need to know to get in this space? And he was like, it's funny. No one's asked me that. And I was like, all these people want more devs. They want more of this stuff. But like we, cause like, I think that's such an important part too, is like November of last year, people didn't even know the right questions to ask to get even any of these roles. But I mean, that di those dinners that we had, uh, we, we met up a couple of times with that crew. Those were also ones that I would credit to what we're doing here because when we tested out messaging and said, Hey, what, this is what we want to do. And this is what meta athletes um, is all about. Like a lot of that was validated from a group of people that were not in our quote unquote, like, typical inner circle not at all and actually that dev lives in san diego so we should uh we yeah, should we hit him up during crypto business conference and try to get a get a see if there's a yard house out there but uh that was it was such a unique group and uh what's most interesting to me is i'm somebody that like i don't know i feed off like energy and alignment and if you remember we ran into that group during the line to you know to get our uh, credentials for the for the conference not knowing who they were. I just remember because yep. the dev, the dev is like six, five or six, four and like huge towering dude. And, um, and then we walked into the restaurant seeing them and then me being like, I think I follow that guy on Instagram just because I'm into tattoos. And, and, uh, this guy has unbelievable, he does unbelievable work here in Northern Virginia. But, um, I was like, nobody else that I follow has tattoos on his face like that. And I was just like, let me pull it up. I pull up my Instagram. <laughs> you saw it. You're like, yeah, that's definitely that guy. Yeah, I was like, so I, just I was up. like, tattoos on face and like ridiculously talented. Like, I mean, like it was like, I was like, yeah, that's definitely him. But he's, when you look at him, if you don't know him, he's not very approachable. Like no. you wouldn't just go up to that guy and be like, Hey man, are you? 
So I don't know why I did it because typically I'm pretty. I, I know, you know why I, you did it. Hold I'm on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna add. So this is why the two of us need to be together. We can add the missing parts to this conversation. That's right. So do you remember what we what what I like? So what was happening was you know Drew went up there with me, and at, each time he was getting like more of the bug of the event. I would be like, well, now it's time to go buy that NFT, right? So there's a crypto dad in your wallet. And then I was like, dude, we just got to pop up. There's a pop-up Playboy party coming, right? Which I still use as one of the best utility components out there, right? And I, I was like, Drew, you're going to get need to get a Rabbitar. And, and I actually remember you were like, do we need to like find some people to talk to? Or you're just going to keep having me spend all this freaking money on this ETH on this trip. And this is going to be like the most successful, you know, most expensive trip ever, right? We, we even tweeted out like when you got you know those NFTs. And so I think it was even funny because like you went up and like did that intro. And like you know, for anyone that's out there too, like there's a lot of artists that like traditionally have not either wanted to be approachable or needed to be approachable. And even talking to him, you know, and, and kind of he's like, like, he wanted to hang out like the next morning, right? It was like, dude, when are we hanging out? What, what, what's going on? Even he was saying, he's like, the last thing I would have thought of is I would want to hang out with you guys, right? And I think that's also just an important like context for this space because if you don't feel like your typical people are here, they're not. And in many cases, that's like the most beautiful part. And like we felt that and got to experience it, you know, thanks to being in line and both of you guys being tall, and then you going over there and uh, and and talking uh, to that crew. And it was such a like those doors and like even just the validation that that had, um, you know, to me, like, I mean, I want to get ink from, from maybe we get ink from him after the end of season one. And then, uh, and that, that's part of uh, where we go from here on that. But that, I just wanted to throw that in because I knew I was making you spend ETH to buy these NFTs and you were like, Let, let's go network. Let's go get some more people. Cause I don't, I don't think you needed any more uh, <laughs> crypto dads or playboy rabbitars. <laughs> No, and it, that, honestly, those two were, were ones that got me really excited, though, especially Crypto Dads. Um, and, you know, I, I'm guessing another blame that's going to come towards me is a couple projects I got you into. But I think we got each other into enough projects where we kind of cancel each other out. But um, I, Crypto Dads for me was the one NFT I bought after buying a couple. Like the first NFT I ever bought was ended up being a fake one on OpenSea. And so that was a that was kind of a, a gut check for me uh, getting into this space because, I opened up my OpenSea, I think to go show my girlfriend and be like, hey, I just got into this thing called NFTs and I've been up to like three or four in the morning, just kind of like going through these pages, trying to understand why these are significant. And at the time, there's only like two podcast episodes out from like random NFT artists that talked about, you know, creating an NFT. And I opened up my OpenSea to show her and it was gone. And I was just like, I have no idea what happened to it. And then I realized that um, OpenSea had pulled it down. I got an email. And uh, so the first one I ever bought was fake. And then I got into a couple other projects that, you know, just I'm going to hold on to them just because they're my first like three NFTs. But Crypto Dads was the one where I was just like, I went to Instagram right away and I was just like, Instagram, this is a blue chip. Like you'll all see in five years that this this NFT will, will be something special. And that feeling that I got from it feeling like a legitimate investment with a community that was really strong based on what we were seeing on Twitter and, and how they showed up for their community. Um, in addition to some of the kind of teasers they had with, with big brands, um, that was the one that really kind of like pushed me over the edge to be like, okay, now I feel like I'm holding something of value. And then this is something that I can, I, you know, the same feeling I think people get when they open up a new trading card or they, they, they collect watches or they collect cars, you know, there's that feeling of like, all right, I finally got it. I finally got it down and I'm like ready to start collecting more. And like that's Crypto Dads was that for me. And so um, I'll definitely give you a big shout out for that. Even though I ended up selling that Crypto Dad, um, 
it's still it's still special to me to have that kind of entry point in and, and understanding like why this was significant to me. Yeah, yeah, and I, I love that part of it, right? And um, you know, I think that's also like the beauty of this space, right? Like we can have like the memories of NFTs that aren't even in our our wallets or that unlock things, right? And like. And in many cases, some of the NFTs that are probably the least valuable, maybe been like end up be creating the greatest lessons or connect us in ways. And like the Playboy party, like we've mentioned that uh, on the podcast a bunch, but I also just want to like, I remember like you had to be snapshotted. We didn't even know like snapshotting weren't popular back then. It contacts like whitelists and premints did not exist back then. Um, you know, I will tell you even like official links and announcements in discord were not like the, the, there wasn't like a common theme, but I love that like playboy Rabatar community. And, and even in a way I kind of owe a little bit to them for the reason I even went to New York because I was part of the thing that I told you, I was like, dude, I bought this freaking playboy Rabatar. It's going to get us into a playboy party. Like if anything, like we go up there and we, we get to make that happen. And you know, there's also context, you know, I'm 41 drew is in his mid to late twenties um, so we, we kind of scale, um, you know, a couple of different, you know, we're on, we're on both sides of the millennial side, even though I sometimes refer to him as a, as a Gen Zer, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, I'm the elder millennial, he's the, the younger millennial, but like even that, like, I remember going to the Playboy Rabbitar party, right. And, uh, Jen who goes by adult arts on, on Twitter, um, you know, big shout out because what she was doing in that community was amazing. Like she was all in and like educating and, and I just wanted to go up and tell her, thank you. Right. Like that was part of what I said. I was like, dude, at the playboy party, I just need to say thank you to Jen and let's go have some fun. Like, let's just like, you know, veg out, but like you had bought a, a rabbitar, but you had to be part of the snapshot ahead of time. And like, I remember like we're standing in line and we're like, how the hell do we even prove that we got this NFT? And I mean, this was also one of those great examples of like, I'm just like, Drew, don't worry. I got like, stick with me. We're going to, we're going to get into anything and everything. That's just kind of how I roll. And like, you know, anyone that knows that now is like, that's just like our MO. But um, I'm curious, like from your standpoint, like for me at 41, like, you know, Playboy hadn't been a brand that I paid attention to in forever. Um, but the Rabbitar was exciting. The idea of going to a Playboy party was exciting. But also like, you know, we took a, a Uber all the way to there. It was in like this, like, really exclusive high-end like area of new york um we didn't know a soul there like literally not a soul um and you know like i think part of that like when we were there i remember the conversation kind of leading a little bit into like i think we were taking photos like you know in the playboy party but that's that actually i think is where the root conversation happened that kicked off mint 365 because i believe when we were sitting there and i was like man if we could give people this experience without them having to buy an NFT, how freaking cool would that be? And I remember you like you like slapped the table, which was like Playboy were all on the, on the table, <laughs> and you were like, "Dude, that like that that is part of what we can do." Like, what do you remember of that like moment and like how that ended up turning into more conversations was led into us buying an NFT every day, which is the you know the the other side of this uh, of daily podcast. Well, not only so. First of all, that was not like when you think of like a Playboy party. It's not exactly what I think. What most people like, I even had like there's there's somebody that listened to an old podcast this week and messaged me on Twitter. I was just like, dude, you have to tell me more about that Playboy party. And I was just like, it was like for me, it was more so a that type of brand, like a a world like known brand, utilizing technology and building a community. And and Jen at the time. It was so interesting to me because 
when she showed up to the party, she was like a celebrity. Like people, like people were like lining up to go meet her and talk to her. And it's because she was such a great community manager and she spent so much time getting to know people and helping them understand why the space is significant. And that was all done through the Playboy brand and the community that they built on discord. And for me, like seeing a, a brand of that stature put together, I mean, the Playboy party was just, it was a, it was a really classy experience. Like you'd walk up, you literally like hang up your coat. Somebody takes your coat, you walk up the stairs, open bar, ice sculptures, uh, whiskey tastings, like you're not paying for yeah, anything. Right. Velvet, and so for me, velvet seats, like, I mean, like I, if you picture like a low, uh, like a low lit, like whiskey, bar, I mean, like, uh, exclusive high end as it gets. That's what it was, right? Like you're right. And it felt super that, exclusive. Yeah, I say Playboy party every time, and I'm sure people think that we're in the grotto with Hugh Hefner. Uh, I, and no, it was it was as exclusive and like ritzy, like it was just a really high end experience without question. So in my head, you know, in my head, I'm just thinking if we didn't have an NFT what this exclusive event would have cost me plus the cost of alcohol, plus the cost of all, all these just things that they were providing. That was, it felt very like concierge and you know, the cost of the NFT was maybe a couple hundred dollars at the time, or maybe a little bit more because ETH was a little bit higher, but um, a lot higher. But uh, I was just thinking that this is a fraction of an experience, you know, to get, first of all, to get into a playboy party, right. I would have to know people. I would have to be on a list that probably, you know, that would be really tough unless, you know, somebody in my network, an athlete or somebody maybe had uh, this opportunity to, to, you know, bring me in with them. Um, so that's where my head was at. I was just like, I would never get this. Ex- I would probably never get this experience. Um, and then on, on top of that, it costs a fraction because this is something that I hold or something that you held at the time. I actually minted one or bought one on secondary while inside that, that party in the lounge yep. because I was like, this is amazing. Like if, if I could go to at least one of these events, at least, you know, every conference or every once a year, it was worth it to me. But the marketer in me was just like, this is, you know, one of the first use cases of a large scale brand getting involved in, in building a community on Web3. And so that's what really kind of got me to stick around and, and be excited about it. But um, from a, you know, practical standpoint, it's, you know, very exclusive and would probably cost a lot. And so to well, me, I mean, that was fascinating. I mean, anyone that wants to argue about like a plus one utility, right? Like, you know, like I, you were my plus one to get into that event, right? And you got in and it was such a great experience for the holders. You bought your NFT while we were sitting in drinking this ridiculously expensive drink that we were drinking, you know, at that table. And that is like, I remember like that conversation of happening, like, dude, if, if this is the kind of utility that we get, like, dude, we can talk all NFTs are going to light up the light. Uh, So for like, you know, so we, so we're on the train back and like, you know, this is where I like the, like the blame goes kind of back and forth. And, and, you know, like my recollection is like, I think Drew looked across and was like, well, we have content with video for your speaking business, but like, what about like a a podcast? There's not really a good podcast. You know, you and I were talking about, we don't know many podcasts. What about a podcast um, on NFTs? And I believe I jokingly said, uh well dude if we need a podcast this space changes so damn much it would be a freaking daily podcast and then that's when i that and th- what, what do you remember from that moment like yeah give us a little context there i feel like it's close i feel like that's close but I, the conversation I, from my recollection stems from just our own personal experiences um us being really curious about this space and trying to find 
just trying to find resources. Um, Gary was speaking about it probably in like less than 10% of his content. Um, there's a couple of, and I think you're connected with a few of these, these uh, hosts that have been running crypto podcasts for a long time. Um, but I remember in the fall of last year, like literally sitting on my desk, like trying to find content, trying to find NFT content, trying to find like anything so that I can better understand how to put together a project with, uh, with Kevin. And when we, when we were looking up things, I think I found like literally two. There's like one podcast was by an NFT founder of the Bad Bunnies project. Um, and it was fascinating because he broke it down and made it seem so simple. And I was just like, okay, generating the art is actually not that tough. You know, building a smart contract, we can actually find a dev that has no smart contract experience. But if they're experienced dev, they could actually figure out and, and learn solidity to help us build a contract pretty seamlessly. And so um, just that one podcast just helped me out a ton in the journey. So I'm somebody who I was just looking for more podcast content. I'm like, if there's tens of thousands of people that are like me out there looking for podcast content, then we should have pretty much no trouble finding listenership and people interested in, in consuming this content because there was so little to consume at the time. And so that's when I was like, I wish there was daily. Like I wish there was something daily I could pay attention to so that I can learn and, and understand the space so I can understand if I want to get involved at a higher level or not. And then of course, you know, the way that you and I work together is we, we dream really big and then, uh, and then we're forced to, to follow up with it. And yeah, man, it was really exciting because at the time I'm just like, from a content perspective, we're going to have massive amounts of content, you know, just ready to go to, you know, to, to chop up and create micro content. And, and we do, we have hundreds of gigabytes of video in a drive that's, you know, ready to be released. And what's really exciting about all of this is the demand for NFTs is only going to grow. I think, it, well, in our, in our opinion, you and I definitely drink, you know, for, straight from the fire hose when it comes to Web3 and NFTs, but I believe the demand for this content will only grow. And we've seen shows come up. I mean, when we started, there was probably less than 10 crypto or NFT specific yeah, know, I, shows that were really producing content. I remember like on the train, like after we came up with that and then we were talking about, I was like, well, let's think of a name. And we were trying to come up with the name of the show. And I remember like opening up the iTunes app, right. And like putting NFTs. And like you said, there was a couple and I was like, Oh wait, they haven't had one since June. Like, Oh, they don't have an episode. I'm like, wait, that's a monthly podcast. And right, and I remember like kind of being like, "Well, dude, like, if I'm ever gonna go all in on a you know on an early adoption space, do I've been waiting to go in?" And I and I gave a shout out, you know, John Lee Dumas, you know, shout out to John Lee, Entrepreneurs on Fire. I remember when he launched that podcast, and I was at an event, and he was like, "Dude, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna interview every single day, and uh, I'm gonna have a set format, and I'm gonna own the podcasting space for interviews of entrepreneurs." And I remember at the time the amount of haters and naysayers and like even like friend circles that I had were like, dude, that's the dumbest. Like he's going to, he's going to burn out. Nobody wants to listen daily. Like it's stupid. Like uh, they're not even enough podcast listeners. Um, and I think this ties back into like the naming piece, right? Where we were like, you know, I was, <laughs> I was like, well, the name has to be something cool in like crypto and NFTs. And like, that's where the whole like N3, we, we took, you know, well, if we're doing NFT 365, I was like, what if we call it something that is more cryptic, like N3F6T5. Um, and, and I think the context of that is every time I had to type it to you over the next like three days before we launched the first <laughs> episode, I would screw it up somehow. And I was like, damn, this is this is this is pretty annoying as like a as a as a piece. But I also remember the other part of this, I think, you know, when I said like, well, like let's do the buying an NFT every day, 
I believe that, you know, like you might be the, the younger one in this, but you were also the wiser one in the sense of you were like, well, how, how, the, how much is that going to cost? Like, what's the, what's the, and I'm like, well, you know, like average mint price and times 365, like, <laughs> like, like literally that was like my, like, like, right. Like, and it was very like nonchalant of like, it was so nonchalant. <laughs> yeah. No, you just, you like, you even had a number. You're like, it's only going to be this amount. And I was just like, okay, that's, I guess that's like doable, but I mean, it definitely evolved, but yeah, that NF, that NFT 365, like that, the, uh, I don't even know what you would call that. The one benefit is that nobody had the domain name and nobody had the social handles. <laughs> that's, I think that's the only good thing that came from that idea is how wide open those were. <laughs> yeah, and, and a funny point is it's not like we, we had the other ones and they were taken and we went with that one. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was like, we started with that. Right. And you know, the other piece of this and, you know, you know, we we came out with the eleven eleven um, date, right? Because I was like, hey, well, if we're going to start it, why don't we do it on a cool date with eleven eleven? And you you were you know with some of your past work with some of your past clients as well. We're big into numbers, and we're you know you and I kind of connect in like the idea of like relatable context and like things that are are memorable and and you know that was like five days later, right, or six days later, whichever the of the two it was. But I remember you know like. Not only was like I recorded the podcast I have I've done because I did had seven podcasts before, but I remember even buying that ENS domain as like that first day. Like I know where I was sitting in my house. I remember buying it. And the funny thing about it was it was that moment that I bought it that I was like, am I gonna have to log this somewhere? Like, am I gonna have to like like and just for context, like we we came like the idea was we're gonna bring people on the journey. We don't want people to have a financial obligation. And we're also gonna kind of create this like memorable, like and hold on to an NFT every single day. But there was like all those other pieces weren't all baked together when we pressed the damn button, right? And we kicked things off. And I remember, I remember it was uh, the morning of day two. And I think you texted me and you're like, hey, the podcast was we were launching that yesterday, right? And I was like, it's out. It's 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 in there. And you were like, well, hell yeah, this thing started, right? Like, I mean, th- I mean, that was such a, it was kind of a cool, and I, I think it's just such an important component because for those that are out there that like want everything to either be perfect or aligned for their NFT project or like we did the research, we did the commitment, we went to the event, but like in a way we like came up with the idea, thought it would be good. And we're like, well, we're going to put it out there and we're going to kind of dive into it. And like, I mean, I really wish I knew that the buying an NFT every day was going to be this much damn work. Cause I would have told you, you know, that was a dumb idea, but I, I guess you're not even taking credit for that idea. <laughs> no, I, I won't take credit for that one. I, I distinctly remember us coming up with a concept and then you throwing that in there. And I love the idea of somebody being able to follow the journey and get, get started in NFTs without necessarily getting financially involved because it was such a big, you know, it's, it's a financial burden or um, it's a uh, hurdle, but it's also, you know, people still don't, still didn't realize that it was real. Like people still felt like this is, you know, is this real? Like in the, in the conversation of crypto, not even NFTs, just crypto in general, kind of funny money conversations. And so I think it was really important to have that, um, that, that foundation set. And I've recently come to a realization that the podcast um, in real time has, has had impact for sure. Just in the amount of people that we've had listen to the show and, and have conversations with, connect with, uh, collaborate with. But the impact that the show is going to have over the next couple of years, I think, is, um, is what's going to be really interesting. Because people can still, a year from now, learn from the podcast and learn through the journey of, of what you've you know encapsulated in terms of uh, content as well as minting NFTs. Um, and that's only going to evolve 
But I think um, one of the biggest things from pulling together all these I would say the mints plus the the ability to interview. And it kind of goes back to um, I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, like oh, yes. a Dale Carnegie. Like Carnegie. it's like a classic book that every for me, like being able to I think a lot of people in the space are trying to be interesting. And what you're trying to do in terms of building trust with the community versus just launching a, you know, we had the opportunity to launch a project or launch a podcast. And you and I both felt, you know, to build trust in the space will just have its benefits long-term for our involvement and our attachment to the space. And I think, you know, putting together a podcast where you're interviewing other people and, you know, not only showcasing, but you're building this connection and network of people that, you know, they could be the Steve jobs in 10 to 15 years, you know, because of this revolution of, of web three. And so that's what fascinates me the most is, you know, we were all kind of, put on the same playing field from founders, from tech to marketing to even like athletes, celebrities, and, you know, other big entertainment people that can, you know, a lot of people like to consume on social. Um, When it came to NFTs, everybody had to go through this quick learning curve. And so we were all put on the same playing field, in my opinion. And uh, networking, you know, networking has always been extremely special to me and something that I, I, uh, you know, I'm trying to always uh, get better at and always use for business. But um, I think that's what's really powerful about this podcast is we're literally interviewing, connecting with people that are building the next version of the internet. And um, yeah, so the podcast is is super special, but yeah, the, some, the, the recollection I really had was like, you know, we made an impact now, but you know, people always say that YouTube is, is the second biggest uh, search engine. Right. And, and so I think for us to be able to create all this document, all this content, um, as people come into the space and and start to understand why NFTs are important, you know, the content will be there for, for people to consume and you'll be there for people to consume. And I just remember thinking back when we first had that conversation, how you were the perfect brand and, and skill set to speak on NFTs. And I was just like, man, this feels like the jackpot of, of partners to start a podcast with. Everything came together. Yeah. Those were funny. That, like, those, like those days too. Right. And like, you know, even like you mentioned, like we had the opportunity, we were both like, you know, even a couple weeks after we launched the podcast, we were like, you know what, we could pause the podcast concept and launch this NFT project. Right. And like, I mean, we had all the things kind of lined up in, you know, in a way we had the creator coin uh, with rally. We had, you know, even, I mean, one could argue we were connected in the right, we were holding the right other NFTs at the moment where we had like a, a network of people that could sell out a 10 K PFP project. I believe without much, uh, you know, hesitation at that, even in that, you know, those times where, you know, crypto, you know, in context too, for those that don't remember, you know, like, you know, the highlight, like the high days of like selling out collections was August, September, October. Like the, the end of October is when projects started to kind of go into what they consider like NFT winter. Um, and then November, you know, it was a little bit, uh, you know, a hot mess and Mechaverse dropped and a couple other like, uh, you know, Psychedelics Anonymous dropped in, in uh, December. But like, you know, even in those first 30 days, you know, part of what we did, like, and this is also important context for all those that are out there, we did drop an NFT, like for this project, right? Like we dropped actually 22 founders and 365 super fans NFTs on December 12th of that of, of last year. And that is literally one month and one day from this like podcast buying an NFT every day. And part of it was like, okay, well, now we have to 
like part fund this part, bring people along on the journey. You know, when I told you, I was like, you, I, like I preach we is greater than me. What if we like brought in like, and I split this with like the community. And I remember you were like, you know, and I think this is also like kind of good in like the dynamic for people, you know, who they surround people with. Like for you were, you were like, wow. Like now if I was just a listener of this, I would care more about your, what you're doing, Brian. Like I remember you like kind of like conveying that. And like, for me, that's why, you know, 12, 12 uh, of 21, we launched, you know, we dropped the NFTs and, and granted, you know, the founders passes were at $5,000 USD and the, uh, the 365 ones were 365 USD. And, and funny enough, we sold the, sold out the founders ones, uh, pretty quickly. Uh, the, the 365 ones took uh, a little bit longer to sell out. And now, you know, many of our listeners are, are holders in that, but you know, like that there, there was also like kind of just like that, like we didn't really know where this was going. Like we didn't plan for a million downloads of the podcast and we're thankful for all of the listeners. We didn't know. I mean, I mean, I guess this is where I would put it. You know, I'm curious, you know, for those that are listening, you know, we're on NFT day in September, right? And you mentioned people can listen to this back. And I did have someone at, a, at our event in Cleveland come up to me and said, Brian, imagine if someone documented the first year of a YouTube creator creating on YouTube. He's like, you know how cool that would freaking have been. He's like, or even if someone had, you know, from the standpoint of crypto, right? Like the very first year of crypto. So a lot of people talk about 2015, right? Like that year of 2015 of crypto. Imagine if someone had documented every single day, even if it wasn't for like the education, just for like the pulse and some of the things that were going on. And that did hit me a little bit. Like I remember walking back Cleveland, I was like, I guess there is like this element of like someone can listen to be listening to this episode five years from now. And they can get an element of like what this all looked like when we got started. And nowhere did you and I, like we weren't, we wanted to help push the forward what this all meant, but I don't think we understood the waves of the bear market, bull market, and like all of the other, you know, outside factors as well. Um, Not to mention like as security and hacks became more popular and like NFT projects were dropping and, you know, like my wallet got, gets compromised and it was like a, you know, this evolving uh, door of like, I mean, it's being chaos, you know, kind of from the start, right? It's chaos from the idea. We came with that stupid, crazy name and we didn't even stick with it. Like, just for those that don't know, like we still own the ENS. It's, it's mint number one in the collection. Um, but yeah, we quickly moved away and, and we have gone by NFT 365 uh, ever since. But uh, I'm curious from your, like, your take on like reverse engineering. Cause I hear that, I heard this question asked a bunch to me uh, and I haven't asked you it. Like, knowing what you know now and and where we are on you know NFT day in September of 2022 do would you still feel like hey buying an NFT every day and launching the podcast would be like the idea that you've been like man I know what what the future holds and it's still what we uh we should be doing I'm just curious what what's your answer to that yeah I think that's you know two of our greatest strengths between you and I it's it's having a vision and then you know that that vision for me and actually what you just said that person that that commented from Cleveland that is actually pretty impactful because if you think about it, you know our team has documented daily the start of this boom um it was good like when we started the podcast. NFT, the NFT space was really good. And I would say even through January, it was, it was pretty strong. Um, definitely a little bit of a winter, but there was a lot of emphasis for the projects that were minting previously in that year, like the Bored Apes, the Lazy Lions, some of the bigger projects um, that were more culturally, I would say have cultural re- uh, relevance. Um, we did document that a lot. And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, we were creating, you know, of course we're creating content, but 
truly documenting the space dur- during the boom. Like uh, obviously during the first couple of years of a YouTuber that ends up having, you know, 150 million followers would be really cool. But um, I know that's what we're going to build with your brand. So like on one hand, we're documenting the NFT boom. And on the other hand, we're documenting, you know, your brand, bef- you know, you've, you've made an incredible brand on, on tons of different, you know, platforms and social platforms. Um, but I think this is the first time that you've really in some capacity niched down into a certain category and topic. And in addition to that, started putting together a team, which I know you alluded to earlier. And so for me, it's also kind of documenting. I know this is kind of like, this might be weird talking to you about this, but we're also kind of like documenting the, the Brian Fanzo um, story too, which to me is extremely exciting. And I've told you from the jump, the jump that um, this is something that, you know, I had a vision for with you. And so being able to document NFTs and the journey is impactful, but documenting the journey with you, I think is also going to, going to, prove to us that our vision really early on on that train ride of putting together content and, and partnering up is, is going to be um, an exciting journey for us to both kind of look back on and really enjoy that we, uh, that we pursued this together. So yeah. building the Fanzo brand is also, I think that's where it really comes together for me too. Yeah. That's a good, I mean, it's a really important point of this too, right? Because like, I don't think, and you know, although it's NFT 365, you know, so many people and I, you know, shout out to so many people that you know, especially recently, I feel like, so many more have been sharing the podcast out and, and reaching out and sharing like feedback. And, you know, I, a couple of people, you know, messaging me and saying, Brian, like this podcast to me has nothing to do with my investment. It's like, you know, inspiration, motivation. And, and like you and I, we like, that's, that's been, you know, like my brand. And, and to your point, part of it was like, you know, I don't have a documentation of, of me kind of leaning in as an early adopter with Google Hangouts. Right. And like, I mean, I know, what I was doing in Google Hangouts was some of the most innovative things that was out there. We were trending on Twitter. Tony Robbins said yes without even me even having a follow up. Right, like Damon John jumped on an interview, um, and I remember laughing because like he was talking to his phone, and I remember him turning around. And he's like, "Shh, I'm in social business hour." Like, like, and I was like, <laughs> he, "He knows what the hell this is, right?" But like, I guarantee, like, ninety nine point nine percent of people that have followed me even to this day have no idea that I even had that. Right, and part of it was because like. You know, I was a solo. I was kind of, um, you know, kind of figuring out, but I also wasn't um, seeing that kind of like, I guess, that bigger picture, right? I think you you alluded to that bigger picture being part well, of the brand I think as well. something that uh, Gary Vee, I think, said last year that like, man, it like hit me like, like literally like bricks. And it was one of his keys to success was to scale through the unscalable. And I think your brand and what you did over the last 10 years was exactly that because you did a lot of live video you you basically you know a lot of the content a lot of things weren't documented in a way that you could easily show somebody social proof and credibility but i think through this process of well actually i, I that's not true because you did have podcasts and you did have you know content that was recorded but i remember looking at your brand and this is really actually through clubhouse um before we met in person again after 2018 I remember like I had your notifications on and when you were on clubhouse, I would pop in and I would listen and just, I I was learning so much about um, how to, how to market yourself and how to build a brand. Not because that's what you're talking about, because that's what you were doing is you were scaling through the unscalable and you were talking, you know, clubhouses were recorded, but you weren't able to like easily share that with like a, an Instagram audience or a Facebook audience. If you were on clubhouse and you knew you missed something, you would go back and listen to a recording. But in my opinion, you were scaling through the unscalable because you were helping people real time and you were networking with people real time. And to me, that was way more impactful than 
you know, putting up a quote graphic or putting up a, a, a micro piece of micro content. And uh, so I learned a lot from you just by studying what you were doing. And I was really excited to be able to, I was thinking to myself, if we can bind scalability and content with Fanzo's passion to scale to the unscalable, that's a lot of scaling. Um, <laughs> that's where I, I felt like that would be like, that would be like really impactful for us to, to continue to build your brand and, and find some really cool collaborations, experiences and opportunities is if we leverage both. Um, and so, and I think that that is a perfect storm in, in today's world of content is you have to be able to take the time to get to know people that are showing, you know, showing up for you, but you also have to build reach, right? So it's like a combination of, are you bringing more people to understand your message and, and potentially align with your message and your, your mission? And are, are you also getting people that are interested and curious about what you're doing fully bought into it? And so I think you were doing more so in the bottom half than you yeah. were generating, you know, more reach and, and opportunities to get your, your brand and message out there. And so that's what I was most excited about is because usually when we partner people, there's potential for it, but then getting them to commit to something is, you know, especially athletes is extremely tough because they have to be super passionate about it. And so that's when I made the move and I was just like, we need to work with speakers because speakers have to do both if they want to have a, a thriving career. And, um, yeah, so that's where it all started. But yeah, from your ability to scale the unscalable is what got me most excited. No, I, I hadn't heard you share that part of like that whole uh, component. And I, it's funny as you were saying that because I, um, you know, that is part of like the like the, the greater you know the the greater mission and vision. And um, you know, we've we've shared on Twitter Spaces and talked about like you know what what would have changed like maybe if we dropped the NFT project and not the the podcast and like. But there was also like there was just an underlying mission of like this wasn't like I don't think there wasn't one minute that you and I were kind of planning this whole like leaping into NFTs that we were planning for it to fail for like my brand and the bigger piece of it. It was a lot of it was like, well, if NFTs went away, we just proved like we're content creators on this medium and we we kind of adapt. Right. Like there wasn't like a um, and I think that's like just a important context because like, like I mean, I do know people that, you know, reached out and said, oh, you know, now that those NFTs are dead, Brian, you know, what are you doing next? Right. Like almost as if like nice try in that arena. And I think what's cool about what we were, you know, from the jump building and, and I, we have to give a shout out to the, our entire team because like we also didn't realize at all what it was going to take to do discord and then to manage a YouTube and then like show notes and then guests and then, oh shit, now we have, you know, you know, NFT holders. And we just did a, we, today, just today I did a call uh, with, you know, one of our, our holders of our coin, right. That if they hold a certain amount of coin, they get a one-on-one -on -one call and you know, all of those moving parts, like we just, you know, the community kept just coming to us and we, you know, willing to help and believing in what we were, you know, building here and, and still believing in what we're, we're building here. And I, and I do feel like in a weird way and, and I'll get your take on this just from a, like even us naming it NFT 365, it was a little bit of like a tip of the hat to like for an SEO, like all in play. But I don't think either one of us looked at it like NFT 365 as like the, the brand that we were ultimately building. It was like this beautiful execution that was like a proof of a much bigger brand and mission that we, that, you know, that I've always shared and that you, you know, jumped in and aligned with and we kind of, we, we co-share together. Um, and I guess like, you know, on this like whole NFT day, like, 
it's so easy to get discouraged for anyone that's like out there, right? Or like the haters and the naysayers. And I, and I know we've done a couple episodes on this recently, and it's frustrating. I mean, we, Joe and I are very honest. We message, you know, pretty much every day on, you know, degening on stuff and like flipping on stuff. And it was a lot, it was a lot more fun, uh, let's just say, four months ago when, you know, uh, projects were, you know, Traffic was crazy. Volume was insane. There was, uh, you know, buzz around every brand that we wanted to. I mean, the, our phones were ringing off the hook on launching projects, building a strategy on, on that side. But I, I also don't think that, like, for a minute, what this all was building is any less impactful um, in a way because of where the market went. And, like, almost in a way, the roller coaster of this year that we're documenting is actually a pretty cool kind of like packaged all together. So I'm curious just as we kind of wrap up this episode and, you know, happy, you know, celebrating NFT day, giving a little context and throwback, like as we look at where, like where we're at, like how do you kind of assess? Cause like we don't, you and I don't ever say like podcast is successful because we got this many downloads or like, Hey, these are the, like, we've never like actually for just like context, like truthful, never once have, have, have we had a conversation about, um, measuring our success via any numbers that we are out there, like zero, like that just doesn't in our DNA. But I'm just curious, like for those that are listening right now that are, you know, that, you know, Hey, we're all in, you and I are still drinking the Kool-Aid and we're still believers. Like, how are you looking at this? Like bigger than just like, we're not just drinking the NFT Kool-Aid. We, we're drinking in like the idea that we're making something bigger. What would you say to all of those? Yeah, there's a couple of things. I think the, the idea that, well, first of all, yeah, we didn't even know that we hit over a million downloads. Like, I think most <laughs> podcasters would probably be like staring at that number until it crosses over the mark and it could take like weeks longer than they wanted to. But one day you just text me, you're like, dude, I think we, <laughs> I think we surpassed a million downloads. Did we miss the million download number? Someone just messaged and said we was like, 1.2 million. It was like way past it. Yeah. <laughs> and then on, on top of that, like us not even like tracking some of the um some of the rankings that we had kind of early on in the first couple i think it was the first couple of months uh no you know what it was it was 62 days from the launch of the podcast is when you got the email yep. on uh top 25 for for the te technology category that was uh yeah that was really impactful too but i think um one thing that stands out for me is like the people that create content and people that um especially this type of premium content I think there's a there's probably like five or six different times where we probably could have been like packed it up and been like, man, this just happened. I don't know if we can kind of continue doing this. Yep. And um, you know, between you getting hacked, between the space kind of tanking, between you know, just like a lot of things happened, you know, in the the span of our show, and the ability for you to kind of continue on and and honestly just just set up for a daily show is like crazy to think about. So I, I'm excited because I think that people in the space that truly understand the space, there's going to be a certain level of respect for you looking back and be like, dang, your whole wallet got hacked. And you know, that was like, not just NFTs, but also funding that, yeah. that totally got drained and you know, NFTs costing a lot more and mintings costing a lot more than we expected and, and planned for. There's a lot of things that happened that we could have easily and probably people probably would have understood too if we if we canceled. But I think this kind of goes to to our conviction on what we're building and and especially you know your brand and NFT365. Um, but yeah, when we started, it was it was just a side. You know, this is just a content play, and then NFT365 just evolved on its own. And um, you know the I just remember like you texted me and be like, 
this person is a daily listener. I'll be like, you know, it's like somebody who's like, you would probably never think would be a daily listener just because of who they are, executive company or a CMO to a really big company. Um, and they're a daily listener. And, and to me, that was really impactful because like it kind of went back to my original thought of like, there's people out there like me that are like wanting to consume this content at a high level. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's been incredible. And actually I did have one question for you before we wrap up because yeah, I was kind of like, I was on my phone earlier and I was just like, I was kind of like talking to myself. I'm like, it was actually a conversation I was having with my parents because, you know, there's always that, have you seen that meme recently where it's like, uh, it's like a kid in the corner or a kid in an attic and he's like, you can come down now. My son who told me to buy ETH when it was like 4,000. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with my parents today. I was just like, you know, are there things around the house that you might want to liquidate and, and maybe, you know, just have like a small little, I was like, if this is, this is a time for you guys to like, just kind of test the waters with, you know, putting together just an ETH investment. And then I was like sitting at my wallet, looking at my wallet. I'm like, am I happy with like all the NFTs that I have currently? Cause like, I've, I think I sell, you know, you, you get some pretty good flips. I've had some decent flips, but I also will sell anything for like yeah. the littlest ounce of liquidity. I'll sell anything. And so I've definitely gone through my fair share of NFTs and I was looking at my wallet today. I was just like, I'm pretty happy with this. Like I'm pretty like, you know, obviously there's things that you missed, um, but everything becomes a lesson for me. And, and uh, I'm kind of curious when you look at not the, I think the NFT 365 wallet is a little bit different, but like when you look at your own personal bag, are you happy with that? That's, I mean, that's a great question. I think that's, I mean, that's actually a really interesting like approach. Um, you know, I'm happy with, you know, it's interesting. I'm happy with some of the things that I didn't get involved in, right? Like there are some that were, you know, in a weird way, like even though like, for those on the outside would look at it and be like, man, if you were in that and like, they probably have a high floor price that when I would have got in, but I also know what that would have done or meant to me and probably would have changed even like my approach to things. Um, even, you know, even a couple other, you know, uh, people. Um, but you know, like there are, there's also been a couple opportunities where I had to make like that tough decision, right. Where like, I'm definitely much more, uh, emotionally attached to my NFTs than you are, Drew. Like there, there's no <laughs> doubt about that where, uh, I'm like, I'm riding this bitch to zero and I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hold on to it at zero. You're like, dude, I, I sold that thing for $18 yesterday. And I'm like, no. And like, I, and like one day I hope that I'll be like, dude, it's it, the floor's back up to $18. Probably not on a couple of them, but, um, it, it, it's actually funny as you say that. Cause like there, there are, a bunch. I mean, my personal wallet. There are NFTs that I owe. I hold, um, like let's just say more than one of you know multiple collections, and I'm very bullish that all of those collections aren't going anywhere. And yeah. I, I am very proud of that, right? Like, and that's something that's where you're alluding to, right? Because like it's like, I'm like, oh wait a second, like like if anyone's sleeping on MetaWebs right now, and like I believed in them at the jump, and like then they like they didn't sell, and there was like this like, and I'm like, dude, I know, like I believe. And like, and then I saw what they have for season two coming and I saw where their game is at and I saw who they're collaborating with. And I'm like, oh, validation. And I guess that's where your point is like validation in this space and validation of like being a content creator doesn't happen when you think it's going to happen or in a time frame you think it's going to happen. Well, go back to the Gary Vee story of us going to the documentary, right? The premiere and him basically giving you confirmation of like, hey, you're here, you know, don't don't sleep on the space or like whatever you're doing, just, just go all in. And I think honestly, like, I don't know if you even know this, but you probably do. But like, I think your demeanor changed after that small conversation that you had Gary, because if you had any kind of thought into it, I'm pretty sure that that kind of confirmed, like, this is right where I should be. And this is my time to kind of lean into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I totally get it. Plus 
there's NFTs like I mean we'll just call them out, but like in betweeners is an NFT that has <laughs> I've I've like hovered over the sell button <laughs> so many times, but then I'm just like no I I put too much damn time into like figuring out how I'm going to get this hockey mask uh, NFT, and I do genuinely enjoy it and like I. You know, Drew House is my favorite brand. It's the artist at Drew House. And so there's a lot of things where that NFT could go to zero and I'll, I'll still hold it and I'll still appreciate it. But um, other NFTs, if I don't have that connection or that story, like I just see it going down to zero and being like, man, I could at least string together a little bit of liquidity and maybe try to try to uh, put some more quarters in the machine to get something else. Well, and but, I think, uh, I mean, I think your even framework of that question, right, is like, we can only be like happy with ourselves. Right. And like we, you know, even though like you and I, you know, we end up getting ourselves into a lot of projects and the funny context of that is um, my, like my most, most expensive in-betweener that I bought, uh, I got an offer today for 0.33. Right. And uh, you know, for context, I bought it at 1.4 um, uh, and I got an offer for 0.33 today, which is higher than any offer I've gotten in like three months. And I give Drew a hard time on that project. Although like the art, the people, the, you know, even that, that community, um, I've, I've loved like being a part of that. And like, you know, and I'll tell you, like, I was laughing cause I had it up for sale for 0.39 and I was like, wait a second. Like, you know, it, it, there is more to this than like just that, like that price point or that, like where that all kind of, uh, fits in. And I think, you know, for all those that are listening on this, like NFT day, like NFT day is like really not anything right now. Like most people that are probably listening to this podcast didn't even know that today was the NFT day. I'm not sure we even <laughs> knew until it was like a couple of weeks ago, someone tagged me in like some t- uh, tweet and I was like, wait, they're, they're using a hashtag NFT day. Like that's literally how it came to, to, to life. But like on the flip side of that is like, we got on calls with like, with like Dapper Labs and, and they were like, oh yeah, we listen to the podcast. Right. And you, and we were like, and so like, <laughs> It was also one of those things like it might seem like we we have been building in public for all those that are listening, but we've also been mesmerized by those that like we didn't know were listening or were paying attention to us. And I think it's just a great lesson too. Like you don't know who holds your NFT. You don't know who else is aligned with you. And yeah, the floor price might suck on this one NFT, but the fact that you have it as a PFP might open up a Twitter DM that changes your business, changes your life. And I think um that to me is what this also all represents. Right. And, uh, you know, you and I were talking about like a while back, I was like, when are we going to bring you on the podcast and like have a, like a fun conversation around this whole, uh, you know, context. And so, yeah, Drew, I, I, I shout out to you for, you know, believing in it, for, you know, taking some of my crap on me having to blame you for some of the stuff that we have going. And, and also for, you know, I think there, you know, if we don't go to New York, right. And if either one of us just decide we make one decision that both of us, we're prepared. Like we showed, we both had text messages that we were trying to like convince ourselves not to go to New York um, back in November of last year. I mean, none of this falls in place, right? And I and I just think um, there is like a beautiful mystery to what where everything goes in the future. But uh, I think it's more important to just kind of like own some of these like awesome decisions that we make. And like, hey, I, I I am I'm pretty damn happy on my wallet. And uh, you know, overall, yeah, press the damn button. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Drew. I, I appreciate that. And um, you know, we're going to be in San Diego for those that are there supporting the podcast. Um, we're going to be there. Um, it's, you know, it's a month, one month out. Exactly. We will have one month countdown from, uh, you know, San Diego to the end of this, uh, season one. Uh, it's not the end of anything really. It's just the end of season one. It's, you know, it'll be the beginning of, of 
other phases and other things that we will uh, be excited to kind of you know morph this all into. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll see everybody there. Uh, definitely a shout out to you know Crypto Business Conference. Uh, Mike Stelzner, who is one of those listeners that I remember when I when I told you Drew that that Mike was listening, you're like, dude, we got we got to keep on going, right? You were you were giving nothing but love and and, and uh, you know and I, you know and shout out to that for like those that that don't know like when you tell somebody you're listening to their show or supporting their podcast or watching their YouTube it matters like it, it really does it matters and goes a long way a lot longer way than you probably you know kind of anticipate and uh yeah so uh, yeah for those that want to you know come out hang out with us we, we can reminisce on some of these fun stories we can share some of these in-betweeners and nfts that are in <laughs> our wallets uh we'll be there in san diego october 9th to the 11th uh just visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash nft365 and uh you know drew i always close this out so i'll give you the mic to close us out into the uh the kevin Sturmer intro music with anything you want to say uh as we bid bid nft day adieu and until next year nothing but grateful for opportunities experiences and um you know that's the one thing i'll kind of leave everybody with with you know the we always talk about the origin story it's Nothing but like opportunities like flooded my head when we were like leaving on that train because just the people that I personally was able to meet there and, and uh, you know, opportunities like this and this is a conversation I was having with my parents earlier today is like opportunities like this just don't come around really that often of like this type of revolution when it comes to the internet. And so um, definitely just raise your damn hand, push the damn button and, and uh, try to leverage as many opportunities as you can. Okay. Cheers. The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me, and as always... This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.